0: Welcome to the Rich Thoughts Podcast, where our goal is to glorify God and terrify the devil. Get ready. It's going to be a great journey.
1: Good morning, and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast. I'm Harold Herring,
0: and that's my fine wife, Beth. Hallelujah. On today's call, we're going to discuss seven principles worth hearing more than once. Mm. <laughs> You know, I was once a consultant for a well-known pastor. He built a great church, an amazing university, home for unwed mothers, and championed national biblical principles in the media. The atheists hated him. The media often ridiculed him. But the silent majority of Americans loved him. On my first meeting, the pastor's right-hand man told me that he operated under the law of the seventh mentioning, meaning he had to hear something seven times before we make a decision. Sometimes we need to hear something more than seven times to get it down in our spirit, especially when it comes to changing of direction in our lives. Here are seven principles. (laughs) By the way, let me tell you this real quick. I gave him an idea, and I repeated it seven times. He said, do you think I didn't hear? I said, no, but I was told you had to hear something seven times before you (laughs) act. He laughed and said, okay, we'll do it. Anyhow, here are the seven principles worth hearing more than once. Number one, have the right attitude about whatever you're (laughs) facing. The measure of any person, Christian or heathen, is determined by how they respond to adversity. A negative attitude and or response will always result in failure. A positive attitude and or response, well, to situations can ultimately lead to success. Failure is always a result of our attitude and response to unfavorable circumstances. The word circumstance is literally defined as the circle you're standing in. If you're standing still, well, then you'll have to deal with the circumstances. But if you're moving from glory unto glory, then you're leaving the circumstances behind. The right kind of attitude will turn the trouble. Any trouble into a turnaround That's for right. success.
1: It's called all things work together. That's it for good.
0: That's right. Your attitude is what it takes you. Well, what takes you through the challenges of everyday life? What kind of attitude should you have? Simple. His. There you go. <laughs> That's right. His attitude is what we should have. It's just that simple. Here are three powerful scriptures to illustrate this point. First, Philippians two five. 2.5, New Living Translation. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. The contemporary English version of Philippians 2.5 puts it this way, and think the same way that Christ Jesus thought. Second, and perhaps most importantly, Romans 12.2, 12.2, New Living Translation, says in part, let God transform you into a, person, to a new person by changing the way you think. Mm, and powerful. finally, Ephesians 4.23, 4.23, Classic Amplified. And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual mm-hmm. attitude. In other words, be careful how you act and react, because your attitude is showing.
1: Uh-oh. Number two, if you're just fired up, you might flame out. <laughs> you know, we once heard someone say that a positive attitude and enthusiasm is all that you really need to succeed. It is, yes, critically important to be enthusiastic and have a great attitude, but there is a little more to the story. Dr. James Dobson, uh, the noted, I guess you could say him, psychologist, and once said, enthusiasm is no substitute for preparation. That's
0: a great quote.
1: Yep. See, you can see people are fired up, but they sometimes have no clue what to do next. It's true. There are three kinds of people, technically. One, those who know their purpose and are actively pursuing it. Number two, those who don't know their purpose, but would like to know. And number three, those who don't know their purpose or even know they have, even should have one. Proverbs 19.2. Proverbs 19.2 in the Contemporary English Version says, Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. You know, we've heard it said that knowledge is power, and that, well, sounds good. It actually becomes a cliche, but it's not the whole truth. It's just not just the knowledge you have that makes the difference, but what you do with that knowledge. So true. Yes, it's not what you know. It's what you do with what you know that makes you somebody, or more particularly said, God's body. Knowledge also requires preparation, The World English Dictionary defines preparation as the act of process or process of preparing and the state of being prepared, readiness. Preparation is a mental decision before it becomes a practical reality. Psalm 90 verse 12, Psalm 90 verse 12 gives us, well, these great words. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. The word number in the scripture is the Hebrew word H4487, H4487, and in Strong's Concordance it means to count, reckon, assign, tell, appoint, prepare. I think it's significant that the definition of number includes the words assign, appoint, and prepare. Interesting. We're to prepare our days with knowledge and preparation we can expect to eventually get the manifestation. That's it. Joshua 3.5. 3.5 in the New Living Translation should become our expectation for each new day. And this is what it says. For tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and amen. And we're expecting that.
0: We are. Number three. Dress to impress your clothes. But also... You're mine.
1: That's right.
0: Have you ever heard the expression that clothes make the man or make the woman? It sounds to me like an English tailor coined the phrase. I know the phrase does have an English origin, but I can't prove that it came from a tailor. According to most of the sources that I Googled, the phrase means that what you wear determines who you are, who you think you are, and who others think you are. The assumption is that when you see a person who's well-dressed, it's a reflection of their professionalism and character. That may be, well, that may have been true in the day, but not in this day. We can assure you that a woman with a Versace dress, a Louis Vuitton purse, Jimmy Choo shoes, and a Kristoff hairstyle is not necessarily a person of character. Truthfully, you might be more apt to be a character instead of having one. Same is true of a man wearing an Omani suit, Eton shirt, Seto tie, or Tastani shoes. You can be dressed to the nines, but if what you say when you open your mouth doesn't impress, it really doesn't matter how you're dressed. Now, don't get me wrong. We do believe in dressing for success, but what we wear doesn't necessarily determine who we are. There are times what we wear will get us in the door, but it will take who we are to keep us there. Right. First Peter 3, verses 3 and 4. First Peter 3, verses 3 and 4, New Living Translation. Don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. Mm. God is more concerned about what he sees inside us than what he sees on the outside of us. 1 Samuel 16, 7. 1 Samuel 16, 7, classic amplified. But the Lord said to Samuel, Look not on his appearance or the height of his stature, for I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. For a man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord. Looks on the heart.
1: That's it.
0: When you rise in the morning, dressing (coughs) your mind is just as important. as Dressing your body. You don't want either one to be naked or you'll draw unwanted attention (laughs) to yourself. I hear
1: you. Okay. Number four, the fourth principle worth hearing more than once. Stop looking in the rear view mirror. Amen. You know, if we've had a reoccurring theme, it's probably as simply this looking in the rearview mirror at what happened yesterday. Regretting what happened or didn't happen in the past is a total waste of your mental energy. <clears throat> you need to let go of what's been holding you back yes. so you can go forward. Luke 9, 62. Luke 9, verse 62 in the New Century Version says, Jesus said, anyone who begins to plow a field but keeps looking back is of no use in the kingdom of God. Wow. If you're waiting to bring in a new harvest, if you're wanting to reap the benefit of what you've sown, then quit looking back. If someone hurt you in the past, leave that hurt there. Don't harbor any resentment. Don't add any painful memories to your mental playlist. Look, there is, there's no. If they've stolen from you something that has hurt you, I mean, then you need to let it go and don't let them steal the, that uh, put pain in your life anymore. God is not going to be the one who brings up your past, but the enemy will. The enemy can only get away with it, though, if we let him have it, you know, happen. That's why you have to kind of forget that past, always look forward and move forward. Amen. Philippians 3, verses 13 through 15. Philippians 3, 13 through 15, in the New King James Version says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal of the for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So it's time to get rid of things that are old borrowed and blue so that God can well move us out of our comfort zones into something that he has planned that's totally new and exciting. Isaiah, 43:19 Isaiah 43:19 in the new living translation says For I am about to do something new See, I've already begun Do you not see it I will make a pathway through the wilderness I will create rivers in the dry wasteland so God can't do something new so long as we're staying where we are or have our hearts and our minds on yesterday
0: Say that again
1: God can't do something new in our lives as long as we are staying, staying where we are. That's right. Or keeping our eyes on yesterday.
0: That's true. So good. Well, we're not going to finish today. Wow. We'll so good. We'll pick it up right here on tomorrow's call. Meditate on these things. Amen. And uh, read your Bible. Do what it says. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: that's what we do. So got.
0: until tomorrow morning at 830 Eastern, God bless you. Happy trails. And keep
1: thinking rich
0: thoughts from the word of God. We love you. We appreciate you. Bye-bye.